Give a listen to AK47 on SoundCloud. You can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at THA underscore AK47. He has a new song with Famous Dex called Need Mo. It's out now on YouTube. I highly recommend to check it out. And do you ever need good music to work out to or the perfect pregame mix? Everything you need is under Lieb on SoundCloud. In all capitals, L-I-E-B. <laughs> Every time I see you, we laugh. It's so funny. That's how the intro goes for this episode. Um, isn't it kind of funny? Oh, first off, I want to introduce uh, my friend friend here, uh, King of Grape Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, don't do not do that to me, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> first of all, I think it was really nice because I think both of us have only seen each other in like breaks of like three or four years. We see each other every like once in a full moon. Yeah, I want to say in the since Jimmy stopped going back to camp back in 2015, we've maybe seen each other four or five times total. And it, it sucks. I, w- I wish I got to see Jimmy more often, but uh, we're living about three blocks away from each other this summer. It's going to be a good time. So yeah, first time we were here, first night out. We sit down for dinner with Carr, Swickle, and you. And it's just crazy because the moment we see each other, even I haven't seen Swickle in years, everything's exactly the same. Yeah, we really, we, we never skip a beat when we meet up with each other. Even uh, Swickle, who's another one of our friends, I haven't seen that kid since the end of eighth grade. And that was... <laughs> Dude, that's so long ago. It was, it was hilarious because he, he even like, he missed the big summers at camp where we really became close and developed this... Humor. I don't want. I don't want to call our brand of humor iconic, but it's iconic. It, it's pretty. Like I saw it, Swickle I was like ha, friend. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny, and like Swickle missed that, and even he just like dove right back into it, and it, it, it's it's truly hilarious to witness. It's like who do you know better than the kids you live with every summer for ten straight years? Like those were our formative years. We learned so much about each other. No one, yeah, and I mean, even when we were younger, just like we'd go ten months without seeing each other, and just that those seven weeks at camp were enough to just forge these like lasting friendships it's crazy so like what was the most important experience about you going to camp and what do you think why others should send their kids to camp what was my most important experience what did you get out of at camp i mean it's going to come off as cliche but i'd honestly say that i'm currently friends with five or six kids who i will be friends with until the day i die and have the same goddamn sense of humor and have the same goddamn sense of humor. Absolutely. I could see Wass in 40 years, like, shaking his titties. Like, he's dead in the bunk. Wass. <laughs> Bro, why would you even bring that alligator up? <laughs> we still, like, we had nicknames for, for everyone, but, like, they used to call Wass the gator, which is pretty funny, but... Yeah, I was uh, I was Mr. Krabs, because uh, I'm so stingy and yeah. cheap. El Neem the Dream. <laughs> um, so, anyway... Like, Wass used to sit on his, uh, what, at the bottom bunk every morning. You'd come out of the shower and, like, he'd wiggle his titties. No, he used to get, he'd get out of the shower and he'd have his towel wrapped around his, like, thick waist. He'd put his hands up on the top of the door and, like, lean his belly button out and just, like, jiggle his tits. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I just think difference between sense of humor with home friends and camp friends, what would you classify that? Because there's no, even my home friends, I kind of implemented that a little bit, but I couldn't say some of the stuff I do to some of my friends that I do to my camp friends. No, of course not. I always say to like my high school friends and my friends at school, my camp friends and those relationships is what gave me my fucked up sense of humor. I mean, I see some of the darkest memes and jokes out there and 
they're horrible and I just can't help but like <laughs> chuckle at them. I, I remember my uh, a good friend at school had a guest speaker about this woman who survived human trafficking. Absolutely heartbreaking, just terrible story. And I just, I immediately, I can't help myself. I start thinking, wow, if Jimmy was sitting at this table with me, he'd be cracking up. It's not even about the story. It's just the fact that like, I laugh when I'm not supposed to. Especially in class, right? If we were all sitting in the classroom together and the teacher was like giving presentations, we'd lose it. That's just like where I like break the most. Yeah, the the amount of times I've had, I've been in like trouble and I've had like a one-on-one with a professor or a teacher and I'm sitting in their office pinching my thigh to not laugh. I always laugh. bite my left lip. <laughs> you bite right? your yeah. left lip. Yeah, I, I mean, I find like yeah. these disgusting nail marks like near my knee because I'm trying <laughs> to stop myself from it's laughing. Like what makes you laugh in class though? Like, does someone signal you across the room, or how does that go down? It could, it could honestly just be like anything. I could, I could be on group me on my computer and see some of my friends say something just purely idiotic look to another kid in the class who's also in the group chat and just start cracking up. The worst with me is I had a friend in uh, math class in high school who used to put on like weird noises and faces videos and point them at me in class. And like I would start coughing in my like shoulder and I would have to leave almost every class. Like how could you yeah. not laugh at that? I mean, another great example. I recently started a new job in uh, the city and got a phone call from the office saying that there were some red flags with my social media. <clears throat> One of these red flags was a Venmo caption I, well, I wasn't in trouble or anything, but one of the red flags was a Venmo caption, and the lady says on yada yada 2017, you Venmoed so and so with the caption "Mr. Poopy Butthole" from from Rick and Morty, and I, it actually like took everything in my power not to burst out laughing on the phone with the HR person. Wait, so we're not going to get into your work or whatever, but they they go through your social media like Facebook, Instagram, Venmo. Yeah, so it, it was pretty crazy. I knew there was going to be a social media check and so I, you- I knew there was some maybe something on my Facebook they would find, not a big deal, but they went through my Venmo too. And luckily now I'm fully on private, but it was it definitely shook me. Wait, so companies are doing that nowadays? Like just a full check of everything? I can't say if companies are because I have a ton of friends who also went through social media checks. What type of companies were these where you had to go through social media checks? I think it's a lot of like the corporate stuff. Okay. Yeah, they don't they don't want to see anyone doing anything sketchy on social media. Okay. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. maybe this won't help your case. But. Well, I, I had to like go through all these old camp pictures and like hot, like delete, delete, delete. Really? Yeah. No, dude, we, we used to have some crazy stuff. Oh, yeah. We used to have like weird groups on Facebook called like chocolate throwers. Because <laughs> like it used to be a thing where we would like throw melted chocolates at each other while we were like sleeping. So it would melt and stain people's sheets. Like that's just the type of humor that we had going. Yeah. Jimmy and this uh, the kid we mentioned earlier, Swickle, they started a group, just the two of them. <laughs> That they thought was like the head of this like chocolate throwing movement. <laughs> chocolate throwing movement. That's so funny. That's so good. That's so good. You would you'd come you'd wake up at like two AM in the bunk and you'd hear one of our friends yell, Who the fuck put a Kit Kat in my bed? <laughs> oh my I remember, god. So we, one of our good friends, Kevin Milesman, he went to camp and like People used to, like, I don't know, we all used to fuck with each other, but, like, someone put, like, mac and, mac and cheese on his bed, and then, like, he went back from the infirmary to change his sheets, and then he comes back, and there's hot sauce all over his bed, oh. and that was just, like, a huge thing of, like, who put the hot sauce on Mizey's bed. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. 
<laughs> we used to, damn the, the shit that we used to do. Um, who do you think were some of the biggest like clowns in the bunk, and what what were their humor style? Besides me, I know I biggest ridiculous. biggest clowns in the bunk. Well, the kid sitting across the table from me right now was the absolute <laughs> biggest instigator on the planet. Can't deny it. He would there would be like nothing going on in the bunk. He'd just go up to someone and be like, "Oh <laughs> shit, Mazo, you hear what Carter said?" <laughs> or be like, "All right, can you tell?" Like everybody, what the definition of a lappy is, and like how he used to instigate lappies. So, uh, a lappy was one of these things we used to do where it was your typical slap in the face, like literally a slap in the face, and then you would keep your hand on their cheek and you would just drag your. It's a lap rub. That's a <laughs> oh, lap that's rub. A, that's a lap rub. Wait, so I don't, I don't think I remember. is a lappy just like the slap in yeah, the, the face. Yeah, the lappy just a slap. <laughs> so I guess a lappy was just a slap in the face, but a lap rub. You used to slap them in the face and you'd rub your fingers down their cheeks. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry for this interruption. Um, yeah, my friend Joey doesn't know we're recording a podcast, but that's like, yeah, the lap rub was just you slap and rub. And like, we always used to make people lappy hunter <laughs> just so, like, because he would always come back at people harder. It was so fucked up. Yeah. Uh, another thing we used to do, we would go up to each other when we weren't paying attention. And we'd slap each other so hard on the back of the calf. Oh. And we'd yell, raw calf on the half shell. <laughs> what does that even mean, bro? I don't even, I've like been thinking about this yeah. for a while. I don't even remember. But uh, it was it was definitely hilarious. In all seriousness, do you think we learn any like leadership roles in camp? Like I know we play sports, work together, and you're kind of living on your own in a sense. Do you think that translates into, you know, getting internships now and preparing ourselves for the real world? You know, I think I think summer camp is a really nice case study of what happens with kids when they're left on their own to their own devices and that they don't really have their parents to bank off of. You see you see these some of these kids showing up to college freshman year, they've never been away from home before, they don't know how to experience it and they can they can get overwhelmed and they could could lead to them drinking too much, experimenting with drugs, like doing all that stuff. But I really think camp going at such a young age just taught us to even though we're so immature when we're together, oh, definitely. It, it, but I love that. Like, what? It, where else can you find that raw sense of humor, dude? Exactly. Like, nowhere. nowhere. It's non-existent. Yeah. But it just like it really taught us to be independent, uh, be mature, and then as a bonus, it really you make these just incredibly close friendships that are gonna last a lifetime. I also think of it in a networking standpoint. The amount of people I know now because I went to camp probably like quadruples everybody I know. Because there's a whole thing with Jewish geography, right? Oh, but, of course. Yeah. yeah, it's just ridiculous. But you want to kind of explain what Jewish geography is for those who don't know? Yeah, for those who don't know, Jewish geography is the idea that just basically like Northeast Jews and West Coast Jews and just Jews in general sticking to their own like social circles will almost always have like a friend in common or two friends or three friends. I mean, I, re- I remember being at Duke for the, fir- the first week I was at Duke freshman year. There were like 20 people who I, I like knew who they were and we had never even met before. And I knew I had already known just like so much about them. Yeah. It's just like the idea of like, oh, my camp runs Mazla. And they're like, oh my God, like I know Mazla through school. And like just because we had that connection, yeah. no, no. Because that's the same thing how I met some of my kids at Miami. Just like, oh, they went to the same high school as you. Yeah. In a sense of way. No, absolutely. It's And honestly, like people, people, you get made fun of for it in, a, in like a very jovial like way, like say, oh, Jewish geography, like you know everyone, and it's on. It's a it's a nice way to meet new people, communicate with them, make more friendships. 
Uh, and it's it's definitely been an asset to some extent. Yeah, 100%. Also, what do you think about just like late night vibing at camp? I think that's like one of the most important important things I ever did. When it's just like time to go to bed, it's not time to go to bed. Uh, it's just like the greatest moments, like back porch chilling. Yeah, late, late nights at camp or even at like a crazy, I mean like the best times of course were seven or eight of us on the back porch at 2 a.m. Yeah. Just hanging out, enjoying like the the night sky you got those great stars at camp but even when we were younger this kid hunter who we keep mentioning used to yell like moth (laughs) (laughs) uh and it's just like that's where you have those like great conversations just talking about what's going on and it's 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 really a great time it's it's kind of just like late night chilling after a night out at uh college i also feel like it gave me tougher skin we gave each other so uh, much shit to the, the fact that we knew what pissed people off. We knew how to dig under people's skin so easily. It, it definitely gave me tougher skin. Yeah. I mean, not only did it give me tougher skin, but it just, like, if I'm ever with a good friend, I'm just wired to think, like, I should roast them. How yeah. can I roast them? But, like, how can I roast them for my own benefit of just, like, <laughs> providing me the most unique laugh, dude? Because there's that type of laugh where we have where we're both locked in laughing at the same thing and, like, the other person doesn't know that's, like, the best part. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> we we really attacked each other on, like, a personal level. And what was crazy is we all loved it. We loved it. We fueled off of it. It was it like was... an alternative drug, dude. Laughing is, like, I feel like the best drug in the, in the world. Yeah, no, it was... I, the, the amount that we laughed, like, over the course of a summer is just... You can make, like, a movie out of it. It's, like, unparalleled to anything I can think of. We When, when were we not laughing? Like, I think of one of our most memorable moments was we were out in the music, <laughs> the music director's <laughs> office. And, you know, this guy, Matthew Beseda, great guy. He was a head of music at our camp. He was telling us, like, kind of, like, a really, like, sad story, just, like, about life and stuff. And, you know, we were all 10 of us sitting in a circle, and it took one person to cough. And then we were all, like, sitting there in in a laughing fit for, like, 20 minutes. And it was just dangerous. It's just what happens when you put us together. Yeah, and it just, like, it was was dangerous is the best word. This guy was telling us a really heartfelt story and trying to teach us some life lessons. And being the immature ninth graders that we were, we just started hysterically laughing. (laughs) What about the walkie-talkie story? Oh, that I mean, that's more like your classic humor. There's yeah. this guy at our camp. Uh, his name was Andy Cole, who kids really didn't like, and he you always, didn't like. Really, I yeah. I really didn't yeah. like him, but uh, kids didn't like him, and he was trying to. <laughs> he got our entire group into this like room, and he was trying to like teach us like what our jobs were gonna be, and someone had I forget who, but someone had the genius idea for all of us to bring walkie talkies that summer. And so every time this guy would start talking, we kept hitting the phone button, which just made all the devices like ring crazy loud, like beep, 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 beep. And like he at first was like laughing with us, like he thought it was really funny, like we're just kids having fun. And then after like the 10th or 11th time he tried to talk to us, we were all still hysterically laughing. And this guy is just getting visibly uncomfortable. He's screaming at us like, who's doing those buttons? And then, like, when we start talking again, everybody's doing the buttons, so I don't even think we finished uh, the speech. Yeah, those those walkie-talkies were absolutely hilarious. It also gave you a sense of competitiveness, for sure. Like, I, that was probably the most competitive point in my life on just, like, an everyday basis with Color War, with just, like, sports and all that stuff. 
Yeah, no, I, de- I definitely agree with you. But I think the problem is, and it doesn't really hold today, these camps are becoming – we went to a very internally competitive camp. Definitely. These camps are losing – even our camp in my last couple of summers, it's completely lost the the competitive edge. And we've reached this point where everyone has to be a winner. Everyone deserves a trophy. And it, it's – like you said, it's these kids aren't learning this competitiveness. And I think worst of all, they're becoming incredibly entitled and their self-worth is just completely inflated. Yeah, I think it plays a role with uh, social media and just, like, the whole idea of them having their phones. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, now I think they're even taking the phones out from counselors. Don't they have, like, a phone box or something? Yeah, so my last summer there, they instituted these, like, lockers that counselors would have to leave their phones in during the day. Of course, I never listened to it. Like, yeah. I kept mine under my pillow. Uh, but it's 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 really unfortunate what's going on. Now kids really, all they want to do is play Fortnite. They never want to be outside. But kids are ripping jewel in kids, camp. Kids are ripping jewel, smoking cartridge pens. It's, it's, it's crazy how much has changed since we were there. I think it's changed in general because we wouldn't be doing half that shit when we were younger. I think like we wanted like our iPod Touch for like certain reasons. Like Yeah, we... Even even what we wanted, we wanted like our PSPs yeah. to play to play like Madden at Late night or night, Grand yeah. Theft Auto. Yeah. This kid used to rent out his PSP for like five dollars a night. It was so like the people <laughs> used to buy it. They were actually ridiculous. Yeah, I remember that. I I was I was always trying to earn a buck at camp. I remember I once sold like I used to go to camp with my own toilet paper. Oh my god! And dude. and I once sold a roll of premium Charmin Ultra Soft to some like pudgy kid who needed like baby wipes to like wipe his ass. Uh, Sold them a, one roll of toilet paper for like ten bucks. Yeah, of course. And it was it was a good time. I probably reached my my business peak at camp. I'd also say we we also played a lot of blackjack, and you made this rule where you have to pay somebody back within the twenty four hour period, and you would intimidate kids so badly that you would be like, "I'm not paying you," and then they would play another hand and lose, and you're like, "Oh, I was gonna pay you the whole time." <laughs> and I used to fall for that trick myself. So yeah, many we times. we used to love playing blackjack. Uh, and that was hilarious. I wasn't even involved in most of these bets, but when two other kids were playing and one would refuse to pay, someone they would always come to me to get them to pay. Like or they would I'm, come to I'm, big pops. Too. I'm, yeah, like I'm not above you. I'm I'm your age. I'm your friend. I'm like I'm a kid who's in, in your bunk. I'm your equal. <laughs> what power do I have over someone to get them to pay you? Yeah, especially like Jack Axrod. He was just like really skinny and tall. Like we all loved him. Yeah, he would make like pterodactyl noises. <laughs> But he, anytime someone would have an issue with him, he would have, like, a bodyguard, so to say, to, like, protect him. That was just so fucking stupid. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to paint a picture here. You wouldn't here. fuck with Jack because of Poppy. Like, dude, no one wanted to go through Poppy's way. Just to, just to paint a picture here for Jimmy's listeners, this kid Jack, who's one of our best friends, is the scrawniest kid you've ever seen. And he's like 6'5". He is truly he's a... He's 6'5 now? He's huge. No or maybe 6'4". He's much taller than me. Damn. And I see him in a minute. I mean, just a, just picture like an asparagus stalk with legs. And, that, and that's what he is. What did people used to call him in camp? Like malaria, right? Minister. Like, yeah, it's like so fucked up. Yeah, we used, we used to... Yeah, that I mean, that was just a, a classic example of something horrible that we used to say to each other. Yeah. Um... We just want to wrap things up around here. The last, like, final question I have for you is not what's next in life, but you think, you know, life's goals and wise. Do you kind of know it's creeping up? Because we're at a point right now where, you know, we're summer interns. We're about to be seniors. And then, 
you could just join a job and that could be have bad. We, have we already hit 20 minutes? Have we been talking for that long? Yeah, it's been a minute. Wow. It's just when you're having, I, I'm telling you, podcasts are the best way to truly catch up with somebody. Bro, time has truly flown by. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Jimmy actually told me not to be too serious during this. Keep it light. Keep it uh, playful. But on the topic of what's next in life, I think we've, as we're as we've grown up, we've really been put, in, we've been thrust into this culture where we're supposed to have everything planned three steps in advance. You're in a, you're at a job this summer. What are you doing next summer? Where's you're getting your, a return offer? Yeah, where's your uh, return offer going to come from? Uh, even in high school, you take the ACT. The immediate next step is, oh, where are you going to go to college? And I honestly, I have no idea what's next for me in my life. I respect that. I'm a. I'm pretty happy that the my internship right now doesn't really offer return offers. And I got to be honest, the the uncertainty of what's going to come next after college is it's almost exciting. I've really I've had everything in my life planned out for me since freshman year of high school and it, it it's pretty cool not knowing what's coming next. Yeah, I mean, for me, I had a tough decision in the summer whether I was going to intern in Tel Aviv or here. And I kind of chose here just because I want to get back to the States for a bit after being from abroad. Yeah. But I really have no idea. And I'd be down to change things up, really. Because, like, who's to say you have to graduate college and stay in that job for five years? Yeah, I mean, and to I, I didn't pursue Wall Street or a job in banking because these kids, these kids get their job offers at the end of sophomore year. And they're essentially going to be there for the next five years. That's being 20 and having already for sure knowing where you're going to be when you're 25 is just such a scary thought to me. That's absolutely crazy to think about that. Like, how do you know you want to be there for that? Five years is so long. Yeah, it's, I mean, I I have no idea where I'm going to be in six weeks, like much less five years. Well, six weeks, I'll still be here. But. Oh, yeah, so will I. <laughs> so will I, my friend. <laughs> Just a taste of our noises we used to make. But, um, dude, I want to thank you for coming through to the JB show. Um, you'll de- Hopefully I can feature you again this summer if you'd be Bro, thank, thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, I so I had no idea Jimmy was, like, running this podcast. And when I heard how many subscribers and how many views it had, I, I was completely blown away. I was I was honestly honored that he asked me to, uh, I mean, I pushed him a lot to let me be on it, but uh, it, it's definitely been a great experience. Yeah, no problem. Any last words for uh, anybody particularly about the grape tomatoes? <laughs> about the grape tomatoes. Uh, yeah, Max, if you're uh, listening to this, that's that's Max Carr, by the way. That's, I don't want some other Max thinking I'm talking <laughs> to them. This is strictly going to Max Carr. You are a my friend and on that note we'll catch you guys later i don't know if max is gonna be too happy with that but (laughs) he'll have to come on to roast you all right we'll catch you guys later on the jb show